Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. What happens when a corporate leader burns out and then goes off to the jungle of Costa Rica to pursue a master's degree in international peace and conflict studies? If you're listening right now and you know that you're overdue to shake things up in your life before it shakes you, you won't want to miss this episode. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio, founder of The Baca Journey, and illuminator, mentor, and guide for those who are on the cusp of their next step, personally, professionally, spiritually. You want to know how to connect with the answers that await you when you go inside because these are the answers that unlock who you truly are. My guest today, Cindy Henson, is somebody that I'm just wild about. (laughs) It's probably not part of her bio that she sends out there, but it's true. She works with nonprofits, government agencies, and triple bottom line organizations that are making a positive difference in the world. They become inspired about the work they do and how it can contribute to the greater good in the world. Her new book is Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose, and Freedom. Welcome, Cindy. Yay, you're here. Finally, we get to do this. (laughs) Thank you, Lori. It's really great to be with you and your listeners today. I really, really appreciate it. And I love that wild line. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we could dive in in so many different ways to what you have to share with us. Um, hmm. I know a lot of people at the, at different levels in the corporate world, but they're, you know, especially the corporate leaders, no matter what level really they're working at, but, whether they're men or women, they feel as if in some way, for some reason, that the, the, the meaning, the joy of what they used to feel so excited about just has been stripped from their lives. And it's usually by those, those kind of constant demands of do this, do that, do the other, that are so, I think, just inherent in today's world. Can you speak to that about, I know you've gone through that and you know, about that need to, that, that is so strong in the corporate world, to work harder and longer, just to earn your place on the, the ladder. Mm. Yeah, it's an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, there are so many people that I know and in my own um, executive coaching practice that find themselves in that spot. And I, th- I think with our fast-paced society, our technology, and our, our information that is coming at us at such a fast pace, it is very difficult to discern which pieces of information actually we need to let in and which we don't. Ooh. What do you mean th- by that, which pieces of information we need to let in? Well, I think... There's no shortage of information. So the question becomes, what do you want to let in? 
And I think when we know who we are and what we're about on this planet, on this journey and this lifetime, I believe we can start to discern, you know, I'm not going to listen to that podcast anymore, or I'm not going to read that book, or I'm going to unsubscribe from that newsletter, or you know what, I'm going to take a social media break. I think we start to notice which, which external stimulations, and it could be television, it could be games, it, there's so much, movies, which ones actually are aligned with who I say I am on the planet versus all the rest of it. Because it's, it's really just noise if we, if we start to know who we are and we allow in the information and the knowledge and the people that we want to spend time with and help us move closer and closer to who we say we are on the planet, now we're up for discerning what to say no to, which I think is a difficult thing if you, if you just allow everything in. So I think that's a big part of what is going on, um, not just at the corporate level, but just in general in our society right now. So there's two things that come up for me as you say that. I mean, one is as you're working, as you're, as you're doing your, your daily job, are there things work-wise that you can say, nope, I really don't need to attend to that. My boss might say it's important or, uh, you know, the company ethos might say that's important, but that isn't what's going to take us to the next step. Well, I think that's absolutely right. What I find is working in organizations that are supportive of employees saying, gosh, here are my top three priorities, not my top 27 priorities, of which we know will never happen when we're in that frame of reference, mm -hmm. regardless of who wants them, it's actually immaterial at some level because they're not going to get done. So it just we make ourselves crazy, I think, when we just say yes, 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 rather than here are my top three. Here's what I'm working on. A need comes or a request comes, and we are able to stand solidly in our own confidence and say, here are my top three priorities um, to my supervisor or my manager. Here are my top three priorities that I'm working on. I'm able to do what you've re just requested. What else should I move to the back burner? And mm. be in the conversation about what really makes sense as far as priorities go. And I've seen managers say, oh, shoot, I forgot that you were doing that. I'll find somebody else to do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we would have just said, yes, taken it on and worked extra hours, we just feel resentful and upset. And, and it impacts our other performance. So, so there's something about being willing to be in the conversations that matter around the work that we're doing together. And all of that needs to connect up to what is it we're about personally and as a business. Because so much of it doesn't align with us or our business. It's just a bunch of 
ideas or busy work or so taking the time to have the conversations to align is huge just huge i can't overstate it enough because we get on this treadmill of yes 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 request 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 and then there becomes a time when we're like oh my gosh i just i can't do one more second of this yeah i am so mm -hmm. tired and so burnt out for what so then I, I'm seeing that as a, as a reflection of how we are with ourselves too. We say, yes, 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 yes. And you use the phrase, you know, we want to align with um, who we say we are, but there's who we say we are. That's our values, perhaps our identity. And then there's the, who are we really? And are we willing to give time to discovering what that is and who that is? Because it changes moment to moment. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. One of the things that I've noticed, uh, and I and my business spend time helping people discover what's really important to them in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So we do purpose and passion workshops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when when people say, this is my North Star, this is who I am, this is what I do, then every opportunity is a choice to say, is that taking me closer to who I am or further away from who I am? Yeah. Now, yeah, and, and we may say, gosh, you know, for now I'm going to do this, and it's going to take me further away. And, you know, that's every individual's choice. It's just about being aware that you're making those choices that I'm such a huge advocate for. Mm -hmm. Because absent that, we're being driven by the external world and not ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't always know we can be doing something that looks like it's taking us away. But if it's something that is, is kind of up and has presented itself to us, maybe it's something we really, because we don't know, we'll get something from down the road that we could not have predicted. I think that's absolutely right. And so this is going to fly in the face, and it's a paradox in my opinion, <laughs> which is I don't think there's ever a bad choice because mm -hmm. life is just a journey of choices and opportunities and circumstances. I think the distinction is whether or not we are on autopilot and being reactive from an ego sense, you know, that's, you know, fight, flight, or freeze, taking care of ourselves, right? It keeps us alive. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Thank gosh we have it. Uh, however, that alone is not enough. Mm -hmm. And that alone puts us on autopilot and we're constantly in reaction, which means we're not co-creating our future and co-creating with our choices and co-creating with spirit. Opportunities are everywhere. They're all around us, regardless of our circumstances. It's just do we have eyes to see and ears to hear? Exactly. Exactly. And then the willingness to act upon them. <laughs> yes which can be um, probably the hardest thing at the end of the day because it requires a lot of courage sometimes. I, yeah, it does. It does. And we don't even necessarily know 
that we're um, that what we're needing to do or what we're wanting to do takes courage. We just think, well, is this kind of silly? And there can be self-doubt that comes up. And, you know, I say, if it's something that you're really feeling drawn to, go ahead. You can make a different choice later on. Yes. I love this point you're making because I think we agonize over choices as though once we make the choice, there's never any change again. <laughs> exactly. And, and especially in the corporate world, I think people really do feel that. Yes, I do too. I do too. And it's fascinating because none of that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these limiting beliefs we have about it's always going to be this way or this is such an important choice that if I make the wrong one, oh my gosh, my career is going to be off over in this direction. Like we have this whole slippery slope of negatives that can happen if we don't make the perfect right choice right now. And I just find that that's not necessarily the case. Um, uh, it, could I share with your listeners this perfect example? I, I learned this in my early thirties about, about business and so I had this mentor, he's a vice president of operations, and, and he was going on a two-week vacation. And he said, Cindy, I want you to be the acting vice president of operations. Well, I was like, gosh, really young, right? Now, maybe 30, 30, early 30s. I was young and like had absolutely no right or, or ability to be that. <laughs> Let's just say that. Maybe. But, you know, he was giving me a chance, right? Mm -hmm. And which I appreciated so much about him. And, you know, it came up to the last day. He was getting ready to go on his vacation. And he had not called me in at all or set up a meeting to talk about what was going on and what should I do, et cetera. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this I, I don't even know what to do here. And so I made an appointment with him for like five o'clock the day before he left on vacation. And I showed up very studiously with my notebook and my pen. And I said, so, you know, what is it that I need to do? Um, what are the big decisions that are coming up, et cetera? And I'm thinking he's going to just fill my notebook, right? He's getting ready <laughs> to just share with me all this information that I'm just going to write down. And he looked right at me and he said, Cindy, I make about two decisions a year that really matter. I said, really? I said, like what? He says, well, one is like signing a contract with a labor union because that locks you in for about three years. Mm -hmm. He goes, and we just did that. And the second one is if we make any large uh, contractual commitments with a vendor, a supplier, you know, because they'll be over multiple years. And so if you make a mistake, you know, you're living with it for a while. And he said, and there's none of those coming up. I said, that's it. He said, that's it. He said, so whatever it is you do, follow your instincts. I'm sure they'll be great. And anything that doesn't go perfectly, we can change and fix when I get back. I was like, okay. Like I still had no idea what he was talking about yeah. because I was so freaked out. Like, Oh my God, how am I going to do a good job? I wanted the rule book and I wanted to do a good job and I was so conscientious. Mm -hmm. And I still remember that because I think it's true. 
almost everywhere in life. Two big decisions in a year. And I thought, holy mackerel. I would have said, you know, my notebook would be full of them. And it's not true. And he was so right. And, you know, I think I screwed up one thing while he was gone. He was gone for two weeks. And I don't know, I messed up something. I can't remember what it is now. So it was so unimportant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't even remember. And he's like, oh, well, we can do it like this. I said, okay, <laughs> done, fixed. Yeah. And, but it taught me a lot about just go, just go. And I was like, okay, so don't hang out and worry about it. He said, no. And I just thought, you know, such freedom in that. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So in your book, Jungle, which I, by the way, love and so recommend, Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose, and Freedom, I just, I couldn't put it down, which is the truth. Um, you share in there your journey uh, about all these things that we're talking about, really, um, how you got so burned out that you had to leave what, what you were doing, and then made such a huge, pivot is not a good enough word. I mean, you made a leap. You really made a leap. How did you uh, find the courage to make that leap? And what did that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lori. And thank you for the compliment on the book. Mm. Yeah, the, I was scared to death. We'll just start with that. So I knew I did not want to be in corporate anymore. I had a um, huge health challenge that uh, nearly killed me. And so once I started realizing that all my bag of tricks were not going to get me well, that uh, I had served me so well in the corporate world, were not going to heal me. Mm -hmm. That in fact, what really needed to happen was my own spirituality needed to, to, uh, I needed to reconnect with that. And, and so, so I began meditating and asking for guidance for the next step in my life. I was very clear I needed to leave corporate. And I really believe on a metaphysical level, it was making me sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, in hindsight, shaking you. Yes, it was. And in hindsight, I think that's absolutely right. The values of profit only and, and, you know, using up people is so opposite of who I am that I would have never characterized it that way before when I was in the middle of it because I couldn't see it. Uh, but my body knew. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my body, I think, just spoke to me. It's just like, yeah, we're shutting down. We're not doing all this. And, and so then in awaking my spirituality and meditating, getting this guidance to quit corporate, go to Costa Rica, to the jungles of Costa Rica, and attend the United Nations University for Peace to get a master's in international peace and conflict studies 180 degree out, 180 degrees out from a master's in business, an MBA. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe how narrow my focus had been up until then. I was 46 years old. I had done extremely well in life. I had done extremely well in corporate and never realized how narrow my world had become and how limited it was until I was in Costa Rica. So, so truly to answer your question, I was scared to death mm -hmm. and, and actually knew I couldn't go back. I had no idea where I was going forward. Mm 
Mm -hmm. But I was so clear I could not go back that it was, I just, I had to just let it go. I had to just surrender to, there's something bigger that's on the other side. Um, my partner, Dana, was super supportive. And I still remember her famous line, which is, oh, you're going to ask for guidance, then you're going to get it, and then you're not going to do it. <laughs> and I, right? And I thought, well, right, exactly. And she said, yeah, no, you can't do that. And so she helped me dismantle my limiting beliefs to be able to even say yes. And then once I said yes, then as we know, everything moves forward at lightning pace. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the resistance that actually keeps us stuck and in fear. Yeah, because if you stop, if you, if you say no, if you don't listen to what you do get in guidance and you've asked for it, you know, it's like guidance says, well, okay, then I, I'm not going to bring you anything that uh, you might be needing because you're not willing to receive it. You're not willing to act on it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, so saying yes to some uh, guidance when it appears, uh, even though it's uncomfortable, I think is really the key. And um, I mean, we work through our discomforts as long as we know that we'll be okay on the other side. And I think that is a really big deal to know that we'll be okay. Yeah. We need to know that. And sometimes, you know what? I don't think we can always know that. We can, mm -hmm. we can go backwards and say, okay, when was the last time I bid, did some big, big leap like this? Oh, it worked out. And kind of use that to, to help seed that, that idea that, oh, yeah, it's going to be okay. But sometimes I, I find for myself at least that I have to trust that this inner knowing, this, this part of me that's kind of leading me forward, because it has such a feeling of resonance in me, because it has a feeling of me living in integrity with myself, that it will be okay because I trust that the universe is here for me. I trust that, it, that I may not know what's going to happen, and, I, and I'm sure I don't, and I'm willing to step forward in it. I love that. I have a quote up on my whiteboard that says the universe has my back. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have to look at it regularly and remind myself that even in the discomfort and the unknowing that, you know, the universe has my back. It'll be interesting and surprising and an adventure and uncomfortable. Like it'll be so many things, but standing in place and treading water isn't one of them. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It's, it's pretty awful, actually. It's yes. pretty awful. Yes, yes. Yeah. You talk about the idea of allowing life to unfold. And, and I know that in this journey, that, be, that was kind of a new thing for you to allow things to unfold. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> I am a make it happen kind of gal. And, uh, and you, you know, still and carry I, that. You still carry that energy. I do. I do. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm well trained. And, uh, and 
you know, it has made me successful in life. Exactly. And, and yes, and I'm really good at it. So, uh, I mean, people hire me for that. Mm-hmm. And the piece that, that I'm reminded of, though, is, is to pop my head out every once in a while and say, is this still the right path? Or is this still the right uh, implementation? Is this still the right thing to be doing? Because I can get my head down and go, which again, you get rewarded for. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to stay in that space and not question once a decision is made to move forward in a particular way. And what I've been noticing and discovering, and I'm still noticing and discovering it, is, and I do this in my meditations now, and I have some rituals that I do around the projects I'm working on, what I think the next step is, here's where I think we're going with it, and asking myself, is this still the right direction? Is this still the right place I need to be? Am I still serving in the way that I'm intended to be serving? So I'm asking myself those questions now, rather than just ignoring what the new landscape is, and keeping my head down and driving. That I think is a huge difference because you know what? You talk about pivoting, there's all kinds of pivots that I would have never seen before. And I see them now. Boy, I'm not 100% there. I mean, maybe 50%, gosh. Um, but, I'm, but I had to put like these, <laughs> these rituals in place to remind me because because it's my natural way of being now. And so I've had to interrupt that with, with asking and pausing and stopping and breathing and meditating and, and these other things that, you know, up until then I was not doing at all. (laughs) That is... I love hearing all that because it it speaks to how things move, how things shift, how things unfold. Um, and I love your questions. Could you a, a, could you repeat a couple of those? You call them rituals. I think that they're useful in just across the board to be asking mm-hmm. of ourselves as we're walking down any path. Mm-hmm. So I love to say, what is the next indicated step? So if I think about, so right now I have um, six or eight projects I'm working on. And so if I ask myself the question, what is the next indicated step on a project? And based on current information, not based on what I knew a month ago, based on current information, is it, what is the next indicated step? And, and it may be very different than the one I asked myself last week. Right, because other things are in play, not just me. So I ask myself, what is the next indicated step here? The second thing is, particularly if it looks like it's, oh, that seems uh, different or bizarre or interesting or different, I don't even know how to think about that. Mm -hmm. Then I go back to the, what is it we're trying to do overall? What is it we're trying to accomplish with this project? Just to remind myself, and connect back up to a North Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do on projects. Uh, what I do personally 
is uh, every month I have a ritual where I'm asking myself, are these still the projects I want to work on? Mm -hmm. Are they taking me closer or further away from who I am? Which is a different conversation because if one of the projects is taking me further away because, you know, things change, now I'm in a conversation with myself about, okay, do I want to do something different? Do I want to say no to that for now? Do I want to set it aside? What do I want to do? I'm really good about scheduling my time. And so when I do that monthly, I can get my clarity mm -hmm. moving forward. And then each week I ask about uh, taking the next indicated step. Mm -hmm. So, okay. And then daily I try to be present. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I want to bring forward because I, I have a feeling that this is true and I want to check and see that it, if it is. Mm -hmm. is that when you're checking in in that quiet time, in that way that you just talked about, you're not just bringing in what you knew from before or what you knew, know now, you're also bringing in whatever the universe wishes to share with you about all of that because the universe sees such a bigger picture than our little you know, peanut brains. Well, that's exactly right. See, because asking the question in the quiet and the that's why I call it a ritual, I guess, is mm -hmm. asking that question in the quiet is when other things tend to pop through, I notice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or other things that I hadn't asked myself before tend to pop through. And I was like, oh, boy, I hadn't thought about it that way before. And that, I think, is the universe speaking to me. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because then, so let's see. So I have an example from last week trying to think of it. I may not be able to get it back, but, but there was something that got me into a new frame of reference. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. And then what I noticed is during that day, all kinds of other things popped in because I had a different frame of reference. Ah. Like I had eyes to see and ears to hear. Like, yeah. huh, mm -hmm. I don't know what that next step is. It feels like it's this, but I don't know. And I'm so grateful I have at least another week for it to sort out. And things just started popping in. Whereas in the past, I think what I would have done is, and this is in the world of quantum, right? Mm -hmm. Is I would have collapsed the wave or the, um, or the particle prematurely. If you understand mm -hmm. what I'm talking, mm -hmm. like, yes. because the discomfort of not knowing was bigger <laughs> than allowing it to go, right? And and present itself as one or the other. Because once it's a wave, it can't be a particle. Once it's a particle, it can't be a wave. So I was frequently, I believe, making decisions prematurely, earlier than they need to be made, mm -hmm. because my own discomfort of being in the middle of not knowing was what was driving me, as opposed to, oh, it's not here yet. I actually don't need to make a decision about that. And that has freed me up hugely. And then having these rituals are all these opportunities then for it to come. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That, that's beautifully stated, Cindy. Of, uh, you know, when, when we make decisions prematurely, we cut off all the, all the possibilities. It's like if we might have 20 possibilities, different paths that we could go down for anything. And if we say, no, I've got to choose right now, and make a choice, 
sometimes we do, but it, all those other possibilities kind of collapse. Exactly. And they That's might show exactly up on right. the road or whatever, but this way, if it's not the right timing, you're allowed to hang out in that discomfort. It's okay. Like, so what? That you're a little uncomfortable. Right. Right. It's that creative tension and creativity happens in that tension. Mm -hmm. That's what's so interesting. Whereas before, I think I just wanted the tension to go away. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And that's true for most people. That's human nature. We want the tension to go away. We want it resolved. We want to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I've always said that the unknown is kind of like my path. The things that I don't know are what drive me to keep moving forward or what pull me forward. And it's what, what I get most excited by. Mm -hmm. Even though it's scary, uncomfortable, threatening, or who knows what. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So you have a, um, um, a process. I'm not sure if process is the right word. A, a set of principles. You say my seven principles to peace, purpose, and freedom. And one of them I'd love to ask you about that you can share with our listeners today is about how, how you discover what juices you and then how you pursue it. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. I believe left to our own devices without noticing what really is exciting, interesting, who we really are in this lifetime, we will be buffeted by the external world all the time. Mm -hmm. And I believe we are all born with particular gifts and talents to express. And that I think work life, just like all of life, is an opportunity to express it. And it's double bonus points when you get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So... So what I believe is that in our society is that we spend so much time focusing in on what and who we are not to get better or improve. And when it's so hard or difficult or we fall short, it's just another reason to feel bad about ourselves mm -hmm. that I think we need to flip it on its head. And the way to do that is, who am I really? What am I really capable of? And how do I express that and be more of that in my life? So when we discover that about ourselves, and you can find it, actually, you don't have to do a whole lot of stuff to figure it out. All you got to do is look around and say, which things bring me joy? Mm. Because the things that bring you joy are part of your recipe. Because it wouldn't bring you joy otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. So this whole place that we hang out in about I'm uncomfortable, I, I just got to work harder, I just got to figure it out, like all that is not joyful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joy and happiness, I believe, arise from being who we are and doing what is ours to do in the world. So when we do that, more and more and more, I believe the universe and its possibilities open up exponentially. 
So rather than going from a job back to us, we're going from us to a job because it's an inside out process. So yeah. you've got to know who you are yeah. in order to do that. And I, I don't think we do that enough because we listen to the external world rather than to ourselves and, and what spirit has in store for us, which is already inside of us. It's, it's there. already here. We just have to be willing to pay attention. Yes. You know, I, I, as you were saying that Joseph Campbell's line, you know, from a, a very long time ago, uh, was about you know follow your bliss and the or, or follow your bliss and your money the money will come kind of thing, and I think people misinterpreted that a lot because mm -hmm. bliss is such to me is such a funny word it, it it has connotations of blissed out as opposed to really taking action paying attention to what brings us joy as you've just said yes so I had learned this word in uh, Costa Rica. And it's uh, conscientiacion. And uh, as best as somebody explained it to me then was consciousness and action. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is English language has two words, mm -hmm. consciousness and action. And anytime there's two words or two approaches, then we can debate which is more valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's both. So what's the word in Spanish again? Concienciacion. Wow. So you can kind of feel like consciousness and action, acción mm -hmm. in there. So you can feel both. Yeah, and it's one word. Mm. Wow. I love words and I love, uh, you know, thinking about a different way of, uh, a different meaning that emerges when you really get inside of a word in a different language. You get a feeling even for the culture and what's mm -hmm. possible from within the culture from, from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you, Cindy. Mm -hmm. So, Cindy, is there any kind of last, oh, last thing you'd love to leave our readers with? Something, something that you feel like they need to hear from you right now? Mm -hmm. Thank you for the opportunity. I want people to get their own greatness their own greatness. It brings tears to my eyes thinking about it because of the covered upness that happens that we do sometimes to ourselves, sometimes the external world. So our, our bright shining light doesn't shine through. And I believe when we all know that and that we have come here for a purpose and to live that life full out. It's as though we were dealt a puzzle piece and, you know, when you're putting together a jigsaw puzzle, you know, it just really doesn't work when one of the puzzle pieces is missing. Right. And if you don't play your puzzle piece, all the all the puzzle pieces around you suffer. Yeah. The picture's you know? not complete. And it's incomplete. And I believe we all have a puzzle piece to play. And in order to do that, it requires us to say, 
okay, I, I own that I have this puzzle piece. I need to play it and, and drum up whatever the, the courage, the moving through the tension or the discomfort or whatever it is, and just try it. Because here's what I believe. Because I didn't know this either. And so I experienced all those years of not doing mm -hmm. that. And here's what I learned in Costa Rica with people from 39 countries. They, many of them, have had the most horrific life you could ever imagine. Think genocide. Think um, child soldiers. Think murdering parents. Think all of that, and you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. They, my friends, chose to live their life full out and not be stopped by that. And so I say to myself, well, gosh, I ought to be able to do that. They did it. They're doing it. It's just a choice. And when I got that and came home and was just like, wow, I have a responsibility to live the life I was given full out. It was huge for me. Even with all my issues, it was huge for me. Because seriously, there's always somebody worse off and there's plenty of examples of people overcoming. Yeah. So we know it's possible. So I would leave with your listeners, try out some experiments. Just try it. Because you'll actually find that the discomfort was just in our heads. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. And when we play full out in our life and play our puzzle piece, you just go, wow, I wonder why I've been holding back for so long. Or what was I so afraid of? It's so interesting. And life just lights up. And I know our listeners can't see you, but you are lit up as you're saying this. And I just, I feel it through every particle of my body. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy Hansen. How can people get in touch with you? Thank you so much, Lori. And thank you to your listeners. I can be reached at hensonconsultinggroup.com. It's H-E-N-S-O-N, consulting, group, two Gs in the middle, dot com. <laughs> I would love to hear from people. And thank you so very much for the opportunity to, to talk with you. I mean, you and I have such a brilliant and lovely connection that mm -hmm. I just, I feel such an appreciation for you, Lori, and who you are in the world and that you are playing your puzzle piece and you are living full out. Mm. It's probably what attracted us to each other. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for those beautiful words. And remember, Cindy's book is Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose, and Freedom. Thanks for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly, as I say, for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination of your journey. Remember, you can find us in all the places where podcasts are out there, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, and more. And for more illumination and inspiration for your journey, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacajourney.com. That's B-A-C-A, thebacajourney.com. 
thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. <music>